You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to On Deck right here on the Line Star app. It's me and Chris Meany, and it's the weekend edition, baby, which is the perfect time to play a little daily fantasy, and we are going to break down Saturday and Sunday for you, give you a look ahead to the pitching matchups, the spots where we're going to want some stacks in there, and uh, the traps, of course, to avoid. Chris Meany, you're never a trap, my friend. You're always, you're always bring the goods. That's, that's yes. what I love about you. Yeah, man. Love to hear it. Got my weekend off to a good start now. Um, yeah, man. Saturday baseball, Saturday and Sunday, always fun. It's, it's nice to get into the early slates and get a part of some of these day games, I find. Indeed. And uh, Saturday, you got a bunch of day games. Basically, everything's cut in half on Saturday. Basically, you can decide to segment it that way. You can play the full, whatever works for you. We'll give you our take on it as we go through. And Sunday, obviously, mostly day games there uh, as usual going through that. But uh, before we go and hit all that, I want to remind everybody, make sure you're uh, subscribing to the show. It comes out uh, Monday, Wednesday, uh, and Tuesday. I, I inverted the days there. I don't know why. You just but skipped over Tuesday. Yeah. I skipped, you know, Tuesdays. You know, it's like that Cure song. You know, Friday, I'm in love, Chris. But it's the weekend. So, uh, but no, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we are here. Friday, uh, we are there as well. So we take off Thursday, but Saturday morning, the show comes out too for the weekend. So make sure you subscribe. That way you get the alert uh, whenever it comes out. And be sure you're downloading and using the LineStar app for all your DFS needs. It's got all the tools you need on top of the podcast to get in there, make some cash. We've had a lot of positive response from the show and from the app for Major League Baseball stuff over at LineStar. And uh, of course, follow them on Twitter too, at the LineStar app. So now that all of that business is out of the way, you ready for some baseball, baby? Yeah, let's do it. And just want to reiterate, too, like any questions out there, Joey, obviously you're really good on, on Twitter and social media. You guys have any questions? Maybe it's a Sunday. Maybe things are changing, right? Some scratches, some some spot starts or whatever it may be. Always hit us up. We're, we're friendly that way. That's right. We're very friendly until you cross us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't ever cross me. And then I use Batman voice and it gets all weird. All right, let's go to Saturday and let's start off with the Kansas City Royals against the Detroit Tigers, Jorge Lopez and Matt Moore. All right, I'm going to start here because Matt Moore looked really good <laughs> his first he start did. of the year, which is uh, Paul Spore and I for years, years, were in love with Matt Moore. We kept wanting Matt Moore to happen so bad, and it's just it never happened. We kept going back and going back. It was an abusive relationship, to say the least. So right off the bat here, is Matt Moore off that big first start with the velocity up, good matchup at home against KC, do you think there's opportunity as a tournament play for Matt Moore? I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. <laughs> I know. I can hear it. I can sense it. I, you in know, your it's like, like I want to slap myself as I'm saying it. <laughs> yeah. But it, uh, you gotta, we got to talk about it. <laughs> we it, do. It, we, ownership will be low. <laughs> yeah. Sure. We ha- the ownership will be low. And you know what? It's, you're right about the first start. It was encouraging. Seven innings, all scoreless. I can't do it. I can't, I'm a, you can't I'm do a it. spurned lover. I can't do it. It's over. I have got to walk away. I have to go to Malibu for a couple weeks. Try to talk myself into it. Like, yeah, you know. I don't want was, you to talk yourself. I want you to. I want you know you what, though? reason, because I'm not. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not awful. It, it isn't awful. <laughs> say that because 
he's up against Kansas City, right? I mean, he just had a start against Toronto, which is a weak hitting team, and they've struggled so far this season. The Royals, the same thing, right? They they don't have a lot of pop in their lineup, which Matt Moore can sometimes sometimes that's his issue. It's some of the walks and and some of the the home runs that he allows. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tournament play only in. You're right. The ownership will probably be low. I wouldn't take too much stock into start one, but there were some positive signs. All right. Fair enough. Then we go to uh, Queens for the Mets. It's uh, Mats and, uh, and Patrick Corbin here. Uh, obviously, uh, right off the bat, Juan Soto comes to mind here as a possible play. The Mets offense a little, you know, kind of trying to find an identity. Trey Turner being out does not help. So, you know, this is not a game that I automatically jump into with both feet, but I think there's a couple pieces here and there that uh, could be useful, Soto being one of them in the middle of that order. Yeah, Soto for sure. A couple quiet games and a couple big games. You know the ceiling is is really high for him. And I think he's just off people's radar. I've noticed for myself, I've been playing him in tournaments and I'm I'm getting him with a lower ownership than maybe, you know, it's kind of surprising, I guess, because I thought a lot of people just love Soto and, and they should. So, yeah, up against a lefty and Patrick uh, Patrick Corbin, or rather Mats. Yeah, I think that's a it's a good spot for him. Yeah, him too. and Robles, those are the two guys for me I want to target against Mats, those two right-handed bats. Uh, and uh, checking where Robles is in the lineup, too. You know, that's that's a good indicator. Also, the Reds and Tanner Rourke against the Pirates and Trevor Williams. Uh, look, I know Williams is a nice pitcher in terms of pitching in real baseball, but fantasy that doesn't get me up in the morning, not enough strikeouts. So, uh, And the Reds' offense has been sputtering of late. So Michael Pineda against Arietta, uh, Twins versus Phillies. And you got Mike Leake, Giolito over there you've got Chris Paddock taking on the Cardinals in St. Louis against Michael Waka. Let's go into this one for a second here because you've got Paddock who had a very good first start. It was in a friendly confine uh, going into St. Louis on the road. I don't love it, but when you're looking at the afternoon slate, he's probably one of the better pitchers out there and you're going to have to pay for him because you had to pay for him the first start. So it's not like the price was going to go down after he was good in the first start. So I guess my question to you is, do you feel comfortable in a standalone fan duel one pitcher with Paddock being your guy so far on this afternoon slate? Because it's not a lot of not a lot of guys to get excited about. Corbin's the best guy on the board, and then after that, it's you know, no, I don't you're right. say that more. I'm not gonna say it. But, you know, <laughs> no, you're right. You you're absolutely right. If you're playing the early slate, like we'll get into I, I do like Carlos Carrasco. Um, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Carrasco, which we didn't on. get to yet. Carrasco's yeah. Okay, Carrasco is the number one. Carrasco, Corbin. So if you want to fade the top of the board, yeah, Carrasco will be less. But is is it a good bet when you're going into St. Louis against the Cardinals? Who you know, Cardinals are a pretty good lineup. We've gotten off to a good start this year. Yeah, they do have a pretty good lineup. And but what I've noticed is they're striking out right now, thirty percent of the time. Um, so that, that's top five in all of baseball. So I can get behind Paddock for sure. I mean, you're right, a really good start. He's got some nasty stuff. He he really does. He's he's extremely impressive. Uh, we've talked before about him and maybe from a season long standpoint, maybe he, you know, he won't get to 170 innings that maybe he gets there, but from a DFS standpoint, when this guy plays, um, he's always going to be on my radar for sure. So yeah, if you're going to fade the top of the board, that's where I look. And I'll also have some interest in the same matchup with Michael Walker and for Waka, you know, seven strikeouts and last season when he was health has always been a concern, you know, this Joe, but when he was healthy and he's playing, he has that strikeout upside. Walks have been an issue, but last season, um, just sound across the board, I thought, 3.20 ERA, um, some solid showings at home as well. And the Padres have some guys who can swing and miss. But if I'm picking one of the two and I'm looking for that upside, it's definitely padded. All right, you got Drew Smiley and Skaggs, Rangers at Angels. I know we've been picking on uh, 
Picking on the Angels, that's been our theme pretty much in April there, and I think we can pick on them uh, again. Probably pick on everybody in this game. I think there'll be a fair amount of offense. This might be a spot where you want to go because I think Skag- you know, Skaggs was good last year, but you know the two lefties in there, they got some right-handed bats in that lineup uh, that I think uh, like Andrews that you know would really intrigue me over there against Skaggs. Uh, still to be determined, uh, Tampa pitcher as of now versus Jeff Samarja. And then lastly, like you mentioned, Carlos Carrasso against Thomas Pannoni. Hey, Pannoni. Hey, Pannoni. Uh, hey, how you doing? So, look, everybody, we, Carrasco will be the safest uh, yeah. cash game pitcher on the board. So, if you want to go cash game with him, that's fine. I think you can go Corbin as well because I think Corbin, look, he's already faced the Mets what's already. So, sometimes that second time in a short period is a little tricky. So, mm-hmm. therefore, I'd probably favor Carrasco. Would you agree with that logic? Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. It's really tough for a pitcher to face the second team. Yeah, like tw- twice in a week. Five days. Yeah, that's 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 it's, kind of I, – I never like that. I like to stay away from that when I can. So Carrasco for obviously similar amounts on the board, that's probably where I'd want to go. Uh, but in terms of offense, I mentioned that Rangers-Angels game. Is there another one that you've got your eye on that you think might be uh, – might be possible where you're going to get some runs uh, total from either one side or both. Yeah, for I'm interested in Seattle, um, definitely. Lucas Giolito uh, struggled big time in spring. He gave up a lot of bombs, walked a lot of guys. Now his first outing was solid, but it was against Kansas City, and I think that's why I was so uh, – maybe Matt Moore could be all right for you against the Royals. But, you know, that first start, eight strikeouts, he only allowed three hits. Solid showing. But this is a much better team in Seattle, a team that's feeling it up at the top near the top in every single category in home runs, runs scored. Um, you, I actually looked the other day and, and eight of the top 12 guys with runners in scoring position played appearances all from Seattle. Now, I know they played wow. a lot of games, but uh, these guys are getting on base right yeah, now. Yeah, but they're, they're scoring a lot of runs in those games. Let's yeah, be honest. Exactly. I mean, you know, yeah, they had two extra games, but at this point, you know, there's been some rainouts and some other things, but overall, I mean, we're getting closer now to we things are. starting to even out. So that's more legit, I think, than maybe at first glance. The other game for me is the Twins and Phillies. I know you're a Pineda guy, but I look at this tough one potentially. Ballpark. Yeah, well, tough ballpark for everybody in here. And uh, the lefty bats in both of these orders, whether it be Bryce Harper and paying up for him. If you're going to go tournament pitcher with a Matt Moore, I think you can go up and get the Harpers of the world and do that. Um, some of those guys, uh, the cheaper guys on the other side, too in the twins lineup like we talked about the crones of the world guys like that that you know have some pop and can make things happen i think those are the those are the guys to keep an eye on all right let's get to the evening of saturday night you got jay hap versus dylan bundy 2.0 this is the second time now yeah uh so the yankees are strolling in to baltimore now uh look against dylan bundy i know this yankee offense is a little depleted the good side of that is that the big ticket item guys like Stanton aren't there, which means we're going to be looking at the Luke Voigt's of the world and guys who are, are going to be a little bit cheaper than the Aaron Judge Stanton guys, but are going to be in integral parts of this lineup. And I think that is good. That is a good place to start when you're looking on Saturday night because I do believe there will be some offense here. I like happen this matchup, but more importantly, I think that Yankee lineup too, having guys like LeMayhew and some other guys like that in there that, Tulowitzki out, everybody's out. I mean, really, this is a mash unit right now. But I think that that opens you up to opportunity. I still think the Yankees are going to score runs. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I love Voight. Voight's a great call. Um, and you want to get a piece of Sanchez or Torres. The same thing applies with Bundy that we said last week. Even though he had seven strikeouts and 3.2 innings, he walked five guys. Most of the contact that he allowed was was in the air. He has a high fly ball rate for his career, and home runs have killed him, especially at Camden. So um, it, I think maybe a lot of people are off the Yankees, including Hap. I mean, I've had some questions already from people like, do I drop Jay Hap? It's like, listen, it's just one start here, um, and this is a good one against Baltimore again where he can re- Rebound. So I don't mind Hap. You want to go back to him. There's some strikeouts in, in Baltimore's lineup. And you're right about some of these other guys that you can get in there, maybe with a low ownership, like maybe Voight. Like now with some of these injuries, this guy, like in the Yankees' last game, he moved up to the three spot. He's hit behind Judge. He moves up in the order. You got Sanchez and Torres behind him, maybe Greg Bird. So there's some power, even with all the injuries. There's some power there, and there's some home runs to be had in this game. All right, Cole Hamels is at a tough assignment here to start the year. First at Texas, second start at Milwaukee. I still don't love it. I like it better, but I'm not – I just want him to get back to Chicago and out of these crap ballparks and just – and then I'll be all in for Cole Hamels, and that'll be great because the ERA won't look good by the time it happens, and that'll be a perfect time for us to get involved, but I don't want to be involved here. I do want Schwarber and Rizzo and all those lefty bats from the Cubs lineup against uh, Corbin Burns, though. And on the flip side, too, I think we should pay attention to Aguilar and, um, and Ryan Braun in the middle of that lineup for Milwaukee. Yelich is going to be super expensive, but there's some right-handed bats in the middle there that you can get involved with that are a little bit more in that mid-range of costs. Yeah, it's the second straight day where these Milwaukee bats are going to be facing a lefty. So the same thing that we talked about for Friday's show applies, right? Kane yep. mashes lefties, Yelich as well, Aguilar. You know, we mentioned him on Friday, 282 average and, and nine homers and eight doubles against lefties last season. And Braun had nine home runs himself against lefties. So, I mean, the Brewers stack is going to be expensive and it's going to be expensive all year, especially at home. But it, it's it's safe. It really is to this point. They score a lot of runs at home and they've had success over the past couple of years against left-handed pitching. And the, the Cubs bullpen has not been good. So even if Hamels struggles again, which he did last week, you were all over that in his start against Texas. I mean, he could get pulled out and they can be put in the pen in, and it hasn't been good news so far. The Cubs need to get home and the Red Sox need to get home. But yeah, right seriously. Now, these two teams are, are – are struggling right yeah. now on both it's sides. It's been a long open to the season yeah. for them. They yeah. need to go home, sleep in their own beds, you yeah. know, get a Chicago I, I, hot dog or something, which, by the way, is gross. I don't care. <laughs> the, the Chicago hot dog thing with all the crap on it, no, that's gross. Yeah, no, it's, it's you overrated. Don't eat that, do you? No, I do not eat that. Oh. You, you know, the Cubs, I wonder if, if they're just going to be low-owned. Like, is everyone just going to go to Milwaukee? Because the Cubs bats are expensive as well. And you mentioned Burns. Like, yeah, he's got some strikeouts. Obviously, he was <laughs> tremendous in his opening start, but home runs have killed him in his, in his short career. No, that's what I mean. I'm looking at home runs that killed him in the minor leagues, and you got a bunch of guys who get home runs in a home run-friendly ballpark. I mean, just, yeah, like, they, just like Friday, I was on both ends. I'll double yeah. down on it. For better yeah. or worse, I'm doubling down on it. And I'm just I'm gonna get my popcorn and watch that game. <laughs> yeah, keep in mind, like the Cubs have played to the over in every single game. They yep. lead they lead baseball with um, a three oh seven average. So I mean And also nobody... the errors they make right. opens the door for right. Milwaukee too. I mean, more yeah. opportunities because the defense has not been good. And this is like a thing, you know, we'll talk about this on, on our show. I'm sure nobody else will talk about that, but it's little things like they're not catching the ball very well that opens up to extra at bats, extra opportunities with men on base. 
And that's opportunity to cash in offensively for a team like the Brewers, who they happen to be playing this weekend. Uh, let's go to uh, Oakland here. Excuse me, uh, to Houston. You got Aaron Brooks, who was dazzling <laughs> first start yes. of the year, right? Yeah. Uh, against Wade Miley a- in Houston. I don't know if I'm going to buy Aaron Brooks on the road. So give me the Houston bats in there. I think this is uh, probably an easier one for them. We'll see how Wade Miley does. It is a debut at home, and we'll keep an eye on that. We got Sandy Alcantara, who has been pretty good out of the gate so far against yeah. Kyle Wright, who was bad in his first start but had a tough assignment. So this is important because both Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright have a window here where they can kind of show people, and Gossman's already back, so now it's getting shorter and shorter. Kyle Wright needs to have a big start. I don't want to get involved in this from a DFS standpoint, but it's something that bears watching because if he does have a good one, That'll bode well for him as time goes on and they keep waiting for other pitchers on the staff to get healthy. Yeah, absolutely. The, you're right about that because um, Fulton Evich is, is throwing as well and he's going to be back into this rotation. Whether you think he can stay at full health or not, it doesn't matter. They're going to, once he's healthy and ready to go, he's going to be inside that rotation. So this is a very important start for Wright. Uh, I liked a little bit of what I saw from him. You're right. It was a tough matchup in Philadelphia. It was very, very windy and cold as well. And, you know, the Braves had said, you know, they thought that that was part of the reason that he struggled with some of his command. It's the walks, and that's going to be the biggest thing for him and Wilson. They have to limit the walks. And sometimes we see that with some of these young pitchers. Alcantara, the same thing, right? Walks have been an issue, but his first start was was amazing. I don't know if I'd go back to him against Atlanta. It's a tough spot for him, but... I, I may just actually stay clear of this game altogether, to be honest with you. I can, no, I, I would too. Uh, David Price against Luke Weaver, and then you got Walker Bueller against John Gray. I know this might sound a little crazy, but and Walker Bueller was not great in his first start. I think this is an opportunity here. It's an opportunity because the Rockies have struggled offensively to start the year. Now, granted, they've been on the road, but still, Daniel Murphy's been out. Also, the middle of that order is a little on the right-handed side with Arenado and stuff, so... I think there's opportunity, and we've seen it before where guys have gone in and had good starts in Colorado. I think Walker Bueller could do it. If you're looking for a, a long shot, hey, this guy's got, you know, got a ton of talent. There might be an opportunity there where the Dodgers are going to put up runs on John Gray, I think, and on top of that, Walker Bueller is an opportunity. It's, it's, a, it's a tournament play only, but I think one that bears, if you're doing multi-entry, a thought. I really Walker, Walker Bueller is actually one of my favorite pitchers on the slate here, for sure. And for the Rockies, yeah, it's going to be dangerous because they're at home. Like everything that you just said, they're at home. They have potential to score runs. But I think you can get Bueller at, you know, because of all of that, at low ownership. And the Rockies, amazing against lefties. They really are. But against righties, they struggle. And they've struggled right. so far this season against right-handed pitchers. Last season, they were 15th, like a, a Team Woba that was 15th, middle of the pack, just average, and a top 10 strikeout right against right-handed pitchers as well. So Bueller can rack them up. I like this. And I, I think the Red Sox finally break out of whatever's going on there against Luke Weaver. I, I really do. Weaver. Yeah, I like that one too. Price is the safe. I, to me, the evening yeah. is about Price and Hap. Those are the guys in the cash game yeah. that are going to be the safest plays. Walker Bueller, again, is the, is the fade guy, obviously, to if you're going to get rid of those top-tier guys and go all the way to something totally different, I think people will just be afraid of it. They'll see it right away and just run the other direction. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. And, of course, we like a big total from uh, the Cubs and Brewers because, well, that's, yeah. uh, you know, that's yeah. smart is smart. Chalk is chalk. Chalk is good. Chalk yeah, is very good sometimes. So give me something the to keep. Something to keep in mind, Joe, is some of these bullpens. I know I just kind of touched over the Cubs, but they've allowed 23 runs. It's the most in baseball, their bullpen, and Arizona as well. Some of their starters are not, you know, 
getting deep into ball games, and they've allowed 21 runs their bullpen, which is the the, the most second most in the National League and third most overall. So I, I think Boston with Price getting on on track here, and, and the Red Sox, and I just think that they'll be overlooked. All right, let's move on to Sunday. Domingo Herman versus David Hess. Uh, you know, last time Herman ended up coming out with a W, but he did not pitch well in that game. I know it was cold no. and all, but still uh, not a fan. So that's one where you could uh, not buying into that at all. Jose Barrios against Zach Eflin. Tough ballpark for Barrios, but I believe in him. And to me, uh, I'm okay with paying the premium and cash game for him. You got Brad Keller, Tyson Ross against uh, in Detroit. Kansas City will be there. You got the Blue Jays still in Cleveland over the weekend. Marcus Stroman versus Clevenger. Clevenger was great first time out. Stroman has been equally decent this year. I mean, let's let's be honest. Yeah, so got to give him credit. So here's my question to you: Is the Oppo play here with Stroman wise, or is that just being too cute? No, I don't think it's being too cute because again, this can this uh, Cleveland lineup is it's watered down. My one issue with Stroman is he he's, he has been really good to start the season. He definitely definitely has a chip on his shoulder. If you're north of the border and you're listening to Stroman talk between games, after games, before games. Before the season started, he has a lot to prove. He keeps the ball on the ground, which is really, really solid for him. 60% ground ball rate over the past couple seasons, but he just doesn't have that high strikeout ceiling. But on the same the flip side, Cleveland's striking out all the time. So there is an opportunity there for, for Stroman, I think, in tournaments. I, I am going to lean Clevenger between the two and Cash. You, you mentioned his first start was just phenomenal. He has a very high strikeout rate, a very high swing strike percentage, and not a lot of not a lot of bats really make contact from him. 74% last year, and in that first start, 57%. So he's getting a lot of swing and misses. In fact, his career rate is 12 swing strike percent. So I'm, I'm in on Clevenger. It's just he needs to get that run support, right? right? It's tough to spend so much on a pitcher, but at the same time, I do feel like the Jays are um, a very bad Well, especially line. when you're looking at a slate that's got Scherzer on it against the Mets here and Zach, Willier, uh, Will, uh, Zach Wheeler, excuse me, which is not like – it's not a given. It's not, you know no. – I mean, that's going to be a good pitching matchup. Uh, it's not going to be quite the DeGrom one, I'm sure, but still a very good one. But you got to look for somewhere else for a second pitcher, and I think Marcus Stroman, at least you have that opportunity. It's not going to be completely cheap. But, I mean, unless you're going to go to the other end of that spectrum and go with David Hess or something like that, which is asking a lot. Yeah, I think dangerous. you're probably better off with probably Barrios and Stroman maybe and yeah. trying to spread the money around even in cash games because, you know, once you go to the top of the board with Scherzer, he's such a huge cost that, it's kind of tough to find that secondary guy if you're, especially playing one o'clock only. If you're going to play and expand over to the four, you know, you want to take a shot on Mike Fires or Peacock. Okay, if you got a feeling about that. Um, I don't think Hendricks is the way to go. I don't know if Strom is quite the way I want to go. So really, it gets pretty tricky. And then you got the kid Urias at night, uh, you know, if you're playing all day, which is most of the time people aren't doing. So. <sighs> You know, Merrill Kelly in the afternoon. I mean, what that, I guess, could be a secondary pitcher. But there's not a whole lot to like on the bottom rung where you go, yeah, I can pair him with Scherzer and be okay and get a decent offense. No, you're right. Well, how do you feel about Chris Archer? I know he walked three guys in his, in his first I outing. like him at home, and I like him against the Reds at yeah. this point where he's at. So normally I would be running because I'm not an Archer guy. But I think that bears witness. I really do. And, and what he's mentioning is Descalfani and Archer will lock up at 135 on Sunday. And – with the way the Reds have scuffled this year, I think that's probably one that's in the mix. I just don't know if the discount is enough. Yeah, he, he, he's probably you know it's gonna he's gonna have an artificial you know at home because of everything we've been saying too and the strikeout right. potential of Archer. I feel like he's gonna be one of those guys. 
cash game is going to be a little tricky on Sunday because Scherzer's probably due for a good performance with the Mets. I mean, the Mets are a better offense, but they're still going to strike. I mean, they struck out last time. <laughs> I know we said, you know, you face the same team in twice yeah. in a week, but it's, it's different when it's a stud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You face the same team all year if you wanted to. That's <laughs> right. yeah, you, you, you look at those guys them. every five days against Scherzer and they'll never <laughs> figure it out. It's just not happening, guys. <laughs> like, For sure. Um, I, I do have some interest in Archer. I've, I, and I'm not an Archer guy either, uh, but I was impressed with his first start against St. Louis. He had eight strikeouts. He only gave up two hits. It is at home. It's all the same reasons that you know you would just talk about with the Reds. They're really struggling. We mentioned this on Friday. It's not just you know their outfield that's struggling. It's the top of the lineup is not. They're not getting on base. Suarez is, has not been himself, and he had a slow, slow spring. Votto, you know, who knows when he's going to really get back to being himself because he wasn't last year either. So I think there's an opportunity for Archer at home um, to rack up a few strikeouts from him. But again, at the same time, he he has to be able to control some of these walks. And over the past couple of years, that's what's hurt him, right? I mean, his walk percentage is, has jumped up over the past couple of years, and so. Uh, 100% strand right <laughs> yeah his first start but there is some upside there for some case yeah and and I think that's what you got to look at now when you're looking at this board too in the afternoon who pops to you offensively where you're saying okay this is a this is a spot where I really like either the total or the one-sided situation there um, well, I don't know who's going to pitch for the White Sox yet, but I, I can't imagine they're going to throw anybody that's going to make me shy away from some of these Seattle bats again. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm on Seattle, man. I, I really feel like they're going to cool off eventually, but right now some of their bats in their lineup getting on base with Malik Smith. Uh, Santana's been in that three spot. He's been fine. Jay Bruce has been hitting home runs, so he's been good. That jumps off the board me as well. And as much as Strom, we're all in on Strom. I, I see the strikeout upside as well. Um, you know, there's some bats in St. Louis who can hit some lefties there. So Carpenter up at the top of the lineup can set the table. Uh, Azuna is, is hurt. He's out. But there's some other guys in there that I think can rack up some runs. So that kind of jumps off the board me as well. And then, um, you know, Stratton didn't look very good in the, in, for the Angels in his debut. I don't know how fully he's stretched out and how deep he can go to the ballgame. And, and for Texas, they just – you mentioned Anders, I think you mentioned him, on uh, maybe it was Saturday or for the Saturday slate or Friday show. Yeah, he's been he's been lights out. He's been hitting over 400. He's got four multi-hit games. He's scored a run in every single game, but one. I think he's very underpriced on both sides. Yeah, uh, look, when you're looking at Sunday, obviously too, you have to keep in mind all the guys that are sitting and stuff like that. So Sunday's gonna be yeah, more Sunday's attention. tricky. Sunday's very tricky. Uh, typically, I'm somebody that will take a lot of the Sundays off because you get a lot of those you know weird things in there. Now, the good thing about that is. If there are some secondary matchup plays, that's going to help you go to the top of the board and get Scherzer. You're going to see some guys on the FanDuel side in the 2,500 range are starting that, you know, are good matchup plays, good lefty-righty uh, situations, and, and that's fine. You take advantage of those when you can. I would say Sunday, from looking at this slate, it's more of a cash game. I think Saturday is a bit more wide open in terms of how you want to play, but Sunday seems like, you know, you stick with Scherzer or you, you maybe you go two big pitchers there with – Barrios and get another guy too on there and uh, maybe Clevenger and, and just try to rock it that way because I think he can. Barrios but, may be one of the most under-owned guys, Joe, in terms of top price pitchers yeah, because of the matchup like, in Philly. Yeah, but you know, I mean... He yeah. can strike those guys out. That's those what I mean. Guys are, yeah, those guys... It's a heavy-hitting lineup, but it's also a lineup that, you know, guys can strike out in there. Harper can give you two or three Ks. Well, he's all, they're also, you know, with Franco and Hoskins in there, yeah. they got a little right-handed heavy there. And, you exactly. know, it's Harper and everybody else. 
and yeah. Harper's not exactly not prone to the strikeout either. You know, that that's certainly yeah. within his grasp. He's a great hitter. We all know how good he is, but I, I'm not afraid of this matchup at all. And if that's what it's going to take in a, in a tournament then to go with a big pitcher, because I might have to go against a, a Scherzer type start. Mm-hmm. I think Barrios can give you that kind of a start against the Phillies. Agreed. And, yeah. And give it to you for a thousand dollars less probably. Yeah, absolutely. And I, like I said, I just feel like you'll get him uh, with a low ownership. Another guy I was interested in. That might uh, be the road dog too. That might be the road warrior. Oh well, yeah. If you're in on um, Barrios, then you should be in on the, absolutely. Right. I mean, you take the, you take that side of it. And as the well. Blue Jays might be the other one too with Stroman. If you, yeah, I mean, what what a horrible start that would be for Clevenger to have two great outings and then no uh, wins to show for it. That would just suck. Well, it might be the theme of Cleveland pitchers this season, and maybe until they get Lindor back and set the table for their. Uh, well, lineup. you know, he's another couple weeks away because of the ankle, yeah. so yeah. we're still waiting on Lindor to figure it out. I mean, Hanley had a couple moments here and there, but you know, and then what? Is Carlos Gonzalez going to come up and be the savior? I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Do you have any interest at all in Drew Pomeranz? Like, he's got some strikeout appeal. Uh, it's has... funny you said that because there's yeah, he's he's a guy that had a good spring. And uh, this is another sheer tournament play. Like, if you want to go Scherzer and slum with Pomeranz and really cross your fingers and go light a candle in church, I can understand <laughs> that. Because, yeah, I mean, you got, well, you got the Tampa lineup on the road without the DH. Yeah, and the highest strikeout rate in baseball right now. Too. And the highest strikeout rate in baseball, number two. And they're on the road. I mean, all these things, there's a lot to like there. It's also a pitcher-friendly environment. It was something that I was thinking and I didn't want to say out loud because I was just – Yeah, it's it's risky. You know when you say something and you feel like it might be really stupid, you can see it like that cartoon bubble outside your mouth. That was kind of me just now. Uh, I said it for you. You said it for me. I I was thinking it and said it, but that's why we do the show together. I hate to say it, but, yeah, I think – if you're playing multi-entry, I think a pump. Now, he wouldn't be in my only pitcher on the FanDuel side. Like, I wouldn't be willing to do that. No, 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 But no. as a secondary pitcher to let you go up to the board with some big offense and a Barrios or a big offense and a Scherzer, yeah, I, I, think, I think he's in play. I really do. Yeah, I think you um, – obviously, we just don't have the pricing here for Sunday, but I think he'll be – I think I – I can't imagine Well, if you separate out, too, too here's the fun thing. If you separate the, the 1 o'clock from the 4 o'clock, you could play 1 o'clock – sheer cash games all over the place head to head 50 50 stuff because of the pitchers that are on the board then after that it's like the wild west mm-hmm. like once two o'clock hits <laughs> you know and you get into the two and four o'clock games it's a whole different animal and you know the four o'clock games when you got this game that we just talked about with pomeranz then you got texas and anaheim no pitching matchups you like there arizona no. i'm not in love with those pitching matchups so no. there might be a, you know it's one of those spots where i think you split it up i think you play cash game in the morning and then I think you maybe do the, the afternoon slate and GPP and have a little fun with taking a shot on Pomeranz and maybe, I don't know, maybe a Peacock or maybe – yeah, Boston hasn't named a starter for Sunday, by the way. Yeah, That's, no, they haven't. I, I, isn't that supposed I, to be Chris Sale? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. You got got some Chris Sale concerns. Um, well, I, mean, I don't know. He's he, on the board. I mean, that's he, gonna be that's gonna be a good. Match. I've checked two different spots now, and I'm looking for it. And right now, I mean, maybe this will change possible <laughs> but keep an eye on that because let me tell you then those red Sox they got a world series hangover in the worst way dude <laughs> oh man do they ever ever and another guy that i feel is underrated uh, and i think we brought him up earlier when we were talking was uh, not today but earlier show was is david peralta 
Peralta has a hit in every single game heading into the weekend. He's got five multi-hit games. He's got four games with at least three hits. And Adam Jones has surprisingly been pretty good as well for the D-backs. It doesn't shock me. Adam Jones is a player who has a tremendous amount of pride. So that that doesn't shock me that he was like, you know what? Fresh start. I got to prove myself. I'll do it. He He's that kind of dude. And Peralta, it's funny you mentioned him because after the big year last year, it's funny, Goldschmidt's gone, and now and nobody seemed to buy into the year, and he was so cheap in so many drafts. I have so many David Peralta shares like I had last year because they were cheap, and I thought this year I'd pay more, and I'm paying the same. I know. It's wild. <laughs> and the guy just hits. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, he, he just hits. He really does. He's hits for a, average. He's got good OBP numbers. He's, yeah, he's got know, some pop Contact rates are good. It's Yeah, he's a very underrated hitter. And for Jones, yeah, 364, three homers. He's either been – in the leadoff spot or in the cleanup spot. So he's been in a really good opportunity for to drive in some runs and to score some runs. So those are two guys that when I look at DraftKings and FanDuel prices every day, I feel like they get overlooked and, um, you know, low ownership and just low price tag. All right. And uh, like we said before, make sure if you have questions about things that pop up for you or any changes in the lineups, uh, smaller players are coming in and out that you want to ask us about if they're good plays, hit us up on the Twitter machine at JoePZPS17. And Chris Meany. And of course, follow the Lion Star app and subscribe to the show as well. Download the app, subscribe to the show, and you're all set all the time. So we want everyone to have a great weekend playing DFS. And uh, make sure you get in there and use all the tools and stuff to help you with the offenses and mix and match the right uh, guys in there. We hope the weekend edition was helpful for you and give you all the knowledge you need to go out there and win some cash. That'll do it for me and Chris Meany. There's only one thing left to do, and that's step off the on deck circle and go yard. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meaney.